Ohio, are you on? I am. I'm on a run to reconciliation. Oh, yes. Yes. How's things in Wisconsin? Oh, things in Wisconsin are just ducky. (laughs) Ducky? (laughs) There's a phrase that I hear once. I just I just realized that you know since we started recording this morning so yeah big we'll pull back the curtain and say hey guys we do record these all in one shot sorry um, um, your your coffee mug has changed you've had you had one Christmas themed coffee mug now you have another Christmas themed coffee mug yes she uh, well the first one was my tea and she brought me my coffee and uh, ah, yes uh, that's right you have a tea coffee regimen of some kind fetish fetish. <laughs> I was going to say regimen, but you can say fetish if you yeah, want to. Yeah, yeah. Regimen sounds a lot nicer, but I, you know, Let's I think we recently did a uh, podcast on being honest, and I'm just trying to be honest. And Lord, help my unbelief. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Truth time. Nothing off the table here on Geocaching <laughs> Scripture with Josh and Rick. <laughs> I tell you what, by the time the episode, this episode drops, it's going to be. Uh, it's going to be right around Christmas, if not like yeah. that week. So, um, so Merry Christmas, everybody. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's why, that's why the mugs there. That's there Hold you that go. right in there. There we yeah. are. There we are. There we are. And, and Merry Christmas. And as our gift to you, we would like to continue to make this free podcast, um, available on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, Apple podcasts, um, wherever fine, uh, free podcasts are sold. So. And the five five hundredth caller will get this mug free. Hey, all right. I'm looking it's at that mug now. It's a Christmas mug. Yeah, I will clean it. Oh. Hey, <laughs> added bonus. Added bonus. Yes, yes. Unless you want the authentic thing with with uh, with the coffee sludge left in the bottom of it <laughs> by by Rick Schallenberger himself. So I I have a question for you, Rick. Okay. Um, are there any unsolved mysteries that you find fascinating? Sort of some of those undying enigmas that people have been contemplating for centuries and still sort of only come up with, I don't know. <laughs> you mean besides the things that we come up with in geocaching scripture? Right, right. Yeah, outside of our <laughs> our particular uh, yeah. realm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, it's, it's fun to have these questions. Um, Okay, I'm going to give you one, mm. um, and this is kind of uh, out there, <laughs> no pun intended. Hey-o. How can space not have an ending, and yet, if it has an ending, what's on the other side of it? Yeah, I, it, my but, stomach will start to hurt if I think about that too much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a mystery. How can the, how can the heavens have no end and no beginning? How can God have no beginning and end? Those are big ones, but. You're probably referring to more things that are we can see. <laughs> well, terrestrial, yeah. <laughs> but there, there are those things where, um, uh, yeah, I mean, there are those things where you get, especially you get down into the subatomic level, and you know, it's as you put the microscope in and you focus, you see all this science and you see everything making sense, and as you focus yeah. in again and again. Then you get back to poetry again because that's yeah. the only way you can make sense out of it because it doesn't make uh, the kind of sense that we want it to make. 
Um, yeah, isn't the isn't the concept be behind quantum physics that something that happens here affects something that happens way over there? That there's a that everything is connected in a way that we can't even begin to understand. Right, right. There's it's like there's that's a phenomenal mystery. Various theories um, on that. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. And one of the a couple of the ones that come up a lot on the internet are like the Voynich manuscript, um, which is a um, which is a manuscript of, it's like an old monk's manuscript, big dusty book um, that's in this code that people can't figure out and that nobody's ever been able to like fully crack. And I think that's interesting because it, obviously if it's a code, you can see the order and design to it, but you don't know what it says, mm. um, which is so much like, seems like so much of life and the universe and everything um that you know hey there is there's an order there's a design to this but we don't know what it means <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but you can see the order you know um and then things like the bermuda triangle and all the uh you know the shipwrecks in that you know although the bermuda triangle has a lot more legends around it than i think yeah uh, verifiable um but it's 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 something that fascinates people still yeah and with a lot of questions yeah yeah and it's for me, I've always been obsessed with these mysteries, especially the sort of uncrackable ones. Um, and when I was a kid, when all my friends were reading, like, choose your own adventure books and stuff, I would read, like, uh, Bigfoot sighting books. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just think they're fascinating. Well, um, I mean, so it's like, it, it, isn't the Mayan culture, everybody wonders what happened to the Mayan culture? Right. Um, yeah. And I know there's a, there's a, so my, my wife and I have been to, uh, in, um, I think it's in New Mexico. Anyway, it's somewhere between here and New Mexico. That clarifies it simply. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yep. They, uh, it's Mesa Verde, and it's the cliff dwellings. Um, yes. And they have this whole city in, in built in the cliffs, and no clue what happened to the people. You know, and right. that's not that's not that's not the only place that we have that. And isn't there a place in uh, South America that you can only see from the sky, and it's got uh, some kind of a structure? Um, this, but it's like in the, it's like in the, um, I want to say it's in the, um, rainforest, but I can't mm. remember, but it's, uh, they, it's, it's one of those mysteries. They wonder how, how that clearing came to be. Right, and but uh, even, I mean, even down to the pyramids where it's like, yeah, you know, oh yeah, well, well we've, you know, and, and that's the, the modernity thing is, you know, we figured out all of human history and how the human machine works. Um, and you know, we've solved it all. Um, and then, and then you get like about a foot into things, you take the microscope down like one other level and it's like, no, uh-uh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, even, so even the pyramid, something as iconic and even boring as the pyramids were like, yeah. oh, by the way, we still don't know how people put these together in the ancient Yeah. Um, yeah. And people have proposed things like aliens and all sorts of things. Um, yeah. So this, yeah. we have this mystery that surrounds us um, still, even in, in, in a world where we, claim to have figured everything out so i want to look at one of the mysterious uh verses in scripture um okay. in the sense of like huh <laughs> um, yeah so uh a friend of mine asked me this um uh katie katie saint from um from my church just a shout out to katie I, she might listen to this episode uh hey, so, yeah <laughs> and uh we'll we'll have to have uh have her and her husband on um just a, a weird uh, little aside here. So her husband is Dan Saint. His grandfather was Nate Saint. 
who was the pilot of the airplane for Jim Elliott's um, expedition into the Amazon in the 50s, oh, wow. uh, missionary oh, expedition. Wow. So he was actually martyred um, by the natives there. Um, wow. And then it was uh, Dan's uh, father and uncle and all sorts of other people that, that went back and did all the work with Elizabeth Elliott and everything. So that's its wow. own story. And uh, Dan's a really fascinating guy. So, <clears throat> But here's this, this mystery verse. Exodus 4 and verse 24. At a lodging place on the way, the Lord met him and sought to put him to death. And then Zipporah took uh, took a flint and cut off her son's foreskin and touched Moses' feet with it and said, Surely you are a bridegroom of blood to me. So he let him alone. It was then she said, a bridegroom of blood because of the circumcision. Anyway. Yeah, you know. Okay, it's Axel, pretty, Mano, thank you, and uh, God bless. It's pretty straightforward. So, this is one of those uh, Voynich manuscripts in the Bible where, um, you know, it's it's one of those things, it's an enduring mystery. It's obviously strange. It's even a little disturbing. And commentators are sort of all over the map on it. Um, yeah. Having nerd fights about what this means and uh and where exactly it fits into the whole story which i think is a good instinct because people are trying to say okay this is the word of god so it has to make sense so let's keep pushing at it to see how we can put it into this context um right and you know some of the con uh the the context of it is is moses is so moses has run away from egypt because he killed somebody um he has gone into live with the Midianites, and he has seen the burning bush. God has sent him back um, to say, you know, get the get the uh, the Israelites free from uh, from Egypt. And so he's on his way back, and then it's like, and typical of the Old Testament, it's like he's on his way back, and of course God tried to kill him, and then there was this, uh, you know, <laughs> circumcision thing. And it, anyway, moving on, and you're like, well, yeah. <laughs> what 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 um, moving on yeah and so like people will say hey this is about the importance of the circuit of circumcision and all that as a commitment and then that doesn't quite put the question away um because this is moses's firstborn and he was already obviously like a a, a not a grown-up child but a a young boy and how would Moses not have him circumcised yet? Um, yeah. You know, he was Moses. Um, so, like, that doesn't quite make sense. You to think, like, well, he forgot. Or <laughs> he, was, <laughs> he was Moses. This was his thing, you know. <laughs> um, and Moses doesn't forget things. It's like, what is, you know, what was Santa Claus's old job? Santa didn't used to do anything. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, so it's uh, that doesn't quite put it away. And then why is God trying to kill Moses? Um, well, it says it says it came on the past the way that the Lord met him and sought to kill him. And I and I have to think that's got to be Moses's interpretation because you tell me something that the Lord seeks to do and cannot do. Right, right. <laughs> and and that's part of the question. Well, there, I stopped the Lord from killing me. <laughs> right. Well, and that's that's part of the question is is um, I I wonder you know it's one of those things we'll have to ask Moses and Zipporah and <laughs> yeah um, 
So, um, yeah, it, it is one of those things, like, I wonder, too, if if the idea of God trying to, the Lord sought to kill him is an idiom, and if he meant that, if they meant that Moses fell sick or something like that. Right, um, yeah. And that's what it really means as far as, like, then God tried to kill me. It's like um, an idiom kind of like, you know, I felt like death warmed over. You know, it's, yeah. um, I, I wonder. Yeah, that would make sense that. because, I mean, obviously, like I said earlier, and I, in a joke, but it was a reality. If God seeks to do something, mm -hmm. there's nothing Zipporah or anyone else can do that's going to stop God from doing what God seeks to do. Yeah. Well, and it's, so, yeah. It it's has like, to be another explanation. Right. It's like God, God is trying to kill him. Yeah. God never tries to do anything, especially in this context of the Old Testament. Right. Uh, when Yahweh yeah. wanted to do something, it, it got did. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, so, and then commentators don't know what the phrase bridegroom of blood means. That was, that's all, all over the place. And I thought, you know, as it says it with such confidence, you're like, oh, that must mean something. And someday I'll be godly enough to understand it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And you're like, whoa. What in the world? Um, when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you will then understand that. Then and you'll you will get know. it. Yes. <laughs> right. Then you'll get it. Uh, so one of the only, uh, one of the interpretations I saw that, that carried a little bit of water, if but not all the water. I mean, it was, it bailed some of the water. <laughs> we'll just say that. Um, was um, perhaps Moses is, had deferred to Midianite customs of circumcision. Um, boys were not circumcised on the eighth day, which is the Israelite um, tradition, but later in life near their betrothal. Um, and it and the circumcision had to do with um, the change in, in family. So they were taking on a new family and they sort of took on a new change of, of life, um, which is, you know, I imagine some people delayed their delayed their weddings because they were like, "Wow." <laughs> <laughs> well, and that would make sense because Zipporah was Midianite, wasn't she? She was a Midianite. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, but it is it is one of those explanations that you know some water falls out of it because we don't know Midianite customs. Right. Um, we're just sort of you know we got the other end of the telephone here. Um, yeah. So, but there were there is some record, I guess, of some Midianite customs like that. But what it seems to be is God is calling uh, Moses back to Egypt. And Moses, we have to remember, was a prince in Egypt. He, yeah. he had everything he wanted. And it's almost like, um, <clears throat> and this is kind of came to mind, was um, there's a scene in the movie The Departed with Jack Nicholson and Leonardo DiCaprio and um, where um, DiCaprio is going to work for Jack Nicholson and Jack Nicholson plays this, horrible mafia boss and there's a scene where he's trying to say you know are you still a cop are you still a cop like he's trying to test his loyalty and in that scene uh leonardo has like a broken wrist or something and nicholson is hitting his wrist with a boot like just causing him an intense pain he's are you still a cop you know i'm i'm taking all of the profanity out of it, it was much more yeah but uh it's like this super test of like loyalty Mm. Um, and I do kind of wonder if that this was like to, meant to be the acid test of loyalty. Um, that, mm. you know, hey, Moses, you are an Israelite. You are not a Midianite. You are not an Egyptian. This will be the test of lo loyalty. Um, this is how serious this is. Um, 
You know, Josh, along that line, it's like um, if he went if he went back in as the prince, he would be relying on his own heritage. Mm -hmm. If he went in as a Midianite, he would be relying on that heritage. God wanted him to rely on him alone. Amen. Amen. Yes. Yeah. And he brought him down to what it meant to be the basics of being an Israelite again. And um, mm. so what what people, you know, what the things that are hard to interpret here is is Zipporah, Zipporah doing the circumcision, which is weird, you know, and it's, yeah. that would be Moses, but then Moses was perhaps incapacitated at the time. Um, yeah. And then we don't know, <clears throat> the scripture says, um, or the, the text says, Zipporah used the foreskin and touched Moses' feet. That's not in the original Hebrew. Um, mm. It just says, used the foreskin and touched his feet. Um, and so one of the one of the interpretive works on that is that she's actually using that and touching Gershom, which is the son. Um, and it's and then and then you get into the like the weird monkey magic, the whole thing where the word feet is a euphemism for genitalia. So she actually is probably performing some kind of Midianite ritual um, uh. where she actually is touching her son and saying, and this was this, the way the ceremony was performed that she knew. So Moses right. is sick, incapacitated. He can't tell her what to do. She acts uh, out of instinct and says, you know, and says in, in a sense, and it feels, okay, I think this is what God is doing. Um, and then she touches her son and says, you are a bridegroom of blood to me. And bridegroom, the word can be translated kinsman. Um, so in a sense, sort of reiterating, like we are God's people. We are Israelite people. We are Jewish people. Um, and, and perhaps even in a sense, like very reiterating that for her son and her family. And this is, this is the house of God. We are the people of God. And typical of the Old Testament, it makes a woman a hero, uh, mm -hmm. which which is not, you know, that wasn't happening back then. And women were not heroes in any stories. And so in this strange little uh, story here, in some sense, she is she is the hero um, and mm. she is she's a foreigner. Um, she's a woman. And when kind of when her man was on the floor um she got up and did what god was telling her to do and uh and that's the story but again it's one of these things where we have to let the bible keep its mysteries yeah. thanks you man cheers